in a hidden fortress concealed by impenetrable jungle dwells Dr. Abbott Reeves, a brilliant but devious scientist with the power to create. Help the mandroids in the cage, Takala. Any malfunctions? I had some trouble with this. Feels like a delay in the neurosynapse trigger. And the will to destroy. Move its memory, then dismantle it. It's half human. He must be eliminated. Colonel Nora Hunter has the brains to mastermind the operation. We need a full-time mechanic, my friend. Fontana, the river rat. What are you doing? I saw this in a movie once. When he finds himself in a tight spot, someone else has to pick up the pieces. Kuji, the ninja. He has the martial skills to destroy his enemies. The Mandroid. More machine than man. His special powers will determine whether or not they survive. We got robots. We got cavemen. We got kung fu. What is this, anyway? Some kind of damn comic book? is the most perilous journey any one of them has undertaken. And once they reach their destination, they face the most awesome power on Earth. You don't understand. Soon I shall rule the world. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. It will take all their combined skills to defeat him. Each one is the ultimate specialist in his field. Together, they are the Eliminators. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Romancing the Stone was good, but you know, it really needed a mandroid. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ. Perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this idiocy? Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore... In my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! 
I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the... Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! It worked, I hope. Yes, but it he did. Has to bring proof. See if he brought proof, Virginia. I brought it here. Yes! Here's your bag from Weston's. Where's the orange Julius? And here's the orange Julius. Yes. I saw them. I saw them crack the egg into the blender. So this is this is old school. <laughs> they thought me mad, but I've shown them. <sighs> I mean, if you would have given me another couple hours, I could have caught a movie or something, and I could have like headed down to Times Square or something. Actually, but... actually there there was a uh, movie theater across the street. Yeah, from, I I uh, saw it. The Elmwood, which is now a church, and um, that's where I went to see as a as a young 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 buck, young sci- mad scientist, my. My father took me to see a live Looney Tunes stage show. Oh, geez. Where a bunch of people in Looney Tunes outfits would dance and do skits, and then they would show Looney Tunes on the big screen. Did they have, like, recorded Mel Blanc voices, or was I, it... I do not recall. It was, it, it was so long ago. And it was also the place I went to see Star Trek The Motion Picture at. Ooh. And and the time that I scared somebody um, when I was out with uh, my friend uh, Prudence, we went to see the Catherine Bigelow film Blue Steel. And some guy was like kicking my chair and I got upset and I scared him. So anyway, uh, let's, let's since you've been on a time travel uh-huh. expedition. And uh, let's talk about a film with time travel in it. A lot of time travel. And it's only the, the least weirdest part of the whole film. It's, the, it's some of the most... It, it, there's a good deal of time travel in here, but it's some of the most... You don't have to think about it time travel ever. Yeah. You know, it's you don't have a, to work, worry about any paradoxes or anything. They're, they're fretted about for a minute, but it's it's... 
Yeah, nice and simple. This is, of course, 1986's Empire Picture Eliminators, uh, which I chose because not so much the director, whose name I do not recognize, Peter Manguin, um, but for the writers, who are Paul DeMeo and Danny Wilson. Now, Paul DeMeo and Danny Wilson probably deserved a much larger career than they ended up having simply because um the rocketeer did not do very well if the rocketeer did well uh they would have had big screen productions yeah and uh yeah if the rocketeer had done well we would have had a different world with those guys and joe johnson having a little more say and it probably would have been a lot more I'm fun world think of what captain america the first avenger would look like still directed with, by joe johnston but written by these two guys um because this is insane in fact I'll, I'll i'll say it this film feels more like a marvel a silver age marvel comic oh then oh my god some of the recent product from disney boycott disney folks oh my god well like well you know not yeah i mean like dialogue the way the story develops the framing every like i i i i saw you online watching it going like oh my god this is a marvel movie and i didn't think anything of it and then as i started watching it i'm just like oh dear god this is this follows it, 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 the thing is, is like you're you, you you're not gonna you might have a hard time if Marvel took this approach tying it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is straight off a comic book. This this well, this takes the logic of little kids and mm-hmm. comic book little kid logic and just applies it to to a story. Has it be its own logic? There's you know the the I mean there's 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 logical things in here that would the story elements that would only mm-hmm. happen in a comic book and not just the weirdo stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about like okay you have you you have these competing um, guides to go up the river, and they're literally going to like if somebody gets a job, the other guides chase after them and try to kidnap their the people who hired them and take over the the job is that how is that how it could possibly work it that's you know there's just no but but that's the way it is there (laughs) that's the dynamic there and it makes perfect sense in the context of this goof of you know this 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 really front loads the goofy like the goofy dialogue and stuff so that you know you know, before actually even a a line of dialogue is said, that that you just okay turn off your reality filter for this. I mean, the the ju- the intro to the movie is like an intro to a seventies TV show. You know, it's well, like I mean, the, what is Android if not Deathlock without all the political bullshit? Right, right, and and oh my God, how he's he he came out a year ahead of RoboCop too. Yep. Like I was watching this and I'm like, it's fun because, and I'm thinking to myself, it's fun because Mandroid has his baggage, you know, wife, kids and stuff, which is barely touched upon, but you know, 
you but all that is i'm i'm thinking they don't have to go into it because i already know all that from robocop and then i'm like wait a minute wait a minute and i look up robocop and i'm like 1987 and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh okay (laughs) but yeah he's he 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 is he is robo he is robocop without the baggage it's almost as if that aspect of of mandroid was just covered in in earlier issues that we're not watching (laughs) or that it was fine that lets it roll along you know or that we learn more about Mandroid in future adventures. And if any film yeah. wanted, demanded future adventures, it's any DeMeo, um, Bilson film. Oh yeah, and, this is this is set up to be like a TV show. This is set up. To, this could. This is set up to be like, you know, Hercules or something. You know, right. like the Hercules TV show. It's just like you just need someone to play Mandroid, and you need like his half track that you can plug him into and then you got all the stuff you need for it i'd like to know how they did that by the way well because... he sort of kneeled in it but boy it was a, that was uh that was an awesome looking piece yeah. of, of, uh, of special effects equipment and uh it seemed very functional and and fun it, i mean i saw how like Okay, he kneels. I was watching it, and I'm like, "Does Mandroid kneel in this awkwardly? Like it looks like he is." And then it's like, "Okay, he puts his legs back on. Okay, that's cool. That that makes more sense." But uh, that was quite a piece of equipment they built for that 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 movie. It was very functional and looked badass. You know, I want to be Mandroid and plug myself. In. It was <laughs> it was they were thinking about toys while they yeah. they were. I mean, this definitely has 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 kids in mind except for for when the wet t-shirt comes out otherwise it's like not very gory and nope and not you know not not very mean-spirited it's you know most of the violence is kind of get resolves kind of funny with somebody in the water shaking their fist and and stuff like that Oh, it's just a breath I mean, of fresh air. It was a PG film. It was it was rated PG, mm-hmm. um, even though there was like like crotch electrocution at one point. Um, yeah, <laughs> just gratuitous too. Just like just a little shock here. Just like just like by the way, <laughs> but that probably would play. That's that's the kind of stuff that's on the edge of kids' humor. That 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 I was just like oh, oh gratuitous. But like if I was a kid, I'd be like. <laughs> then there was the part where they shocked the guy's crotch <laughs> and hats off to that that guy as being one of the most nimble fat redneck henchman actors ever that guy was um was borderline stuntman he did not half-ass his action stuff and he just got beat up through the whole movie the whole thing so um it's funny that you say that it feels like a TV show because um, Bilson and DeMeo actually had some before Rocketeer ended their career. Uh, pretty much, Bilson and DeMeo were making a name for themselves in television after this bunch of films they wrote for Empire Pictures, the company that became Full Moon. Um, because they were responsible for the 1990s Flash. 
which was which was really good for especially for the time period you know yeah and for sort of existing in a superhero vacuum that was like and that it, was a it's big not deal. for nothing that uh they acknowledge the existence of the 90s flash in the current series mm-hmm. uh, so uh there they also did the first human target with rick springfield as christopher chance they did Viper. Human Target was really good. I forgot all about that. I used to watch you're that on TV. Thinking, and... You're probably thinking of the second Human Target with Mark Valley. No, no, I remember it being Rick Springfield, and I, I, I just, I remember thinking this show's better than average. Okay, and uh, Viper, which was a show that based Dodge came to NBC and said, "We want." you to do a, mo- a, a show focusing on our new car, the Viper. And they went to DeMeo and Bilson and they created Viper. Uh, which was about a guy who had a Viper that was super powered. So, um, but, and the other thing that's interesting, I find interesting is that I could see this happening in the same universe as other Bilson DeMeo films, uh, such as Arena and Trancers was there. I could see this whole universe with all these characters in the same place, you know? But um, this is great. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, there's there's a moment in the movie where the movie actually confronts itself on its on its yeah. genre, you know, conflict where, you know, where the basically the 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 um uh poor man's Bruce Dern slash David Carradine character just Andrew is like Yeah, it's like I'm I thought I was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and now I'm in some stupid science fiction movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew Andrew Prime's great. Is great has uh, Harry Fontana. I think he's yes. got the right tone that this film needed as the pirate. Because in case we haven't explained this, folks, this film is about a mandroid, a pirate, a robot scientist with a pet robot. And a ninja fighting a time-traveling mad scientist who wants to take over ancient Rome. Am I missing anything? No. And I and actually his 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 plot to take over ancient Rome is legit. I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, like if you had that time travel technology and you showed up in it in in ancient Rome with your robot suit and said I am your human god emperor, mm-hmm. they would go, okay. <laughs> and you would be right. <laughs> so, uh, and it's also a pretty good cast, given uh, the, the budget. Yeah. I can't imagine this thing cost a whole lot of money. Oh, no, but I mean, like, Denise Crosby was just starting out, so, like... Yeah, this was made just before um, she was cast in uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, so you can see this is kind of that she always had an affinity for for robots. Yes, oh for sure, for sure, fully functional. 
<laughs> I am I'm looking at IMDb. I'm trying to find what if they have a budget. And not surprisingly, Tim Thomerson was originally slated to play Harry Fontana because um, if you go back to those Wilson DeMeo Empire pictures, Tim Thomerson is in most of them. I was telling you about um, Zone Troopers, which is really because it's basically um, Area 51 style aliens versus the U.S. Army during World War Two. Can't beat that with a stick. <laughs> um, probably the biggest name at the time that um, was in this film. Be you know, biggest has um, at the time, as opposed to like Denise Crosby, who came big because she. Uh, was in Next Generation, and then her ego got big, and she decided to try movies, and we hardly heard from her again. Um, you know, was Roy Dotras, who played the villain Abbott Reeves. He was in a, a lot of television. He was um, very famous in, in England. And... Um, in things such as uh, Cheech and Chong's The Corsican Brothers. Just a lot of stuff. Uh, lots and lots and lots of stuff. The only thing I didn't understand about him is at the end, how did he get... Did they just decide that it was too expensive to put this... Because he had a great patchwork scarred face. Yeah. Up until the end I of the movie. The, the thing was, we were supposed to get the impression that he was improving through because they mentioned that he's keeping himself alive through transplants. Yeah, so that like what greedy they, goo. Yeah, what they were trying to imply was that his face was getting better due to the transplants. I could have used some more transition to see that, but eh, whatever. Well, but but I really like I really liked his his patchwork mm. face makeup. It was very very good. Um. Another thing I love about this movie that was I was like, okay, this is for kids is when when she goes to commission a bow, everybody assumes she's after Aztec gold yeah. and not drugs. <laughs> that, That's the truth. I'm surprised there it, wasn't it takes Aztec about four dot down the list before yeah. he says her drugs or something, you know, because but that that should be the number one go to. But that just sort of established what world we were in. It, I would have thought it was funny as if at the very end. They ended up finding some Aztec gold anyway. Yeah. I, what I, another thing is, at the very end, there's still a tribe of Neanderthals in the, yep. <laughs> the jungle taking hold. Well, it's not like they didn't, they didn't kind of prepare you, because there is the scene where Denise Crosby finds a uh, hand axe and is like, what's a hand axe doing here? There are no Indians in this area. Yeah, that so, that was that was when it started hitting that. That's when I'm like, okay, anything can happen. <laughs> Once when when they got captured by the Neanderthals, that's when I was just like, okay, we're we're going everywhere with this, you know. I'm I, I I'm not gonna be surprised if a UFO comes, you know, comes out of the ground. Except budgetarily, I'd be surprised. But yeah, either way, they like. 
I just love how they were thinking they they that you know the 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 script in this is great but the direction is uh, and the acting is also spot on there's little touches and little reactions that people do or, and just little little comedy bits where you could tell they were they were they were trying you know they were really you know they were putting thought into it even though it's really stupid mm-hmm. they were they were putting a lot of thought into it and it made it fun it made it, it, it and it takes it up you know like four levels in in production value so all of a sudden like whatever the budget was for this it looks a lot it looks like it, there's a lot more it, it it reminds me sort of of a more successful version of they're not the same kind of movie but a low budget movie that was better than it should have been was the first swamp thing movie right maybe it's because they're all riding around in boats too but like you know we're just that little extra bit of care put into it made something that could have been really bad and really cheesy mm-hmm. you know completely enjoyable from from front to back this is another one that just ends <laughs> yeah exactly it's just well we solved the problem yeah if you want any more just time. yeah if you want any more come back to mandroid 2 yes hopefully coming soon mm-hmm. That I, I love how they, you know, there's all these little things that, to, like, uh, a flying robot's expensive and a pain in the ass. We'll make it animated, and we'll just stick it to Mandroid's shoulder. <laughs> and that will save a lot of hovering money. And it works. So, okay, I, I've got the director's uh, IMDb up. And he has 11 credits, has director... Um, Dungeon Master, that's an Empire film. Eliminators, Ar- Arena, which is also a Bilson DeMeo film. Enemy Territory, I'm not familiar with that. Demonic Toys, that's a full moon film. Sea People, that's a full moon film. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's pretty much a uh, oh, they're keeping him busy anyway. Yeah, so this is probably the movie that he looks back at and thinks. Boy, I remember when I had the that budget. <laughs> yeah, but I I can't imagine that this was more than like a million dollars, and with and probably just a couple of thousand. To be totally honest, but it it they know how to use uh, their money, and they knew that what was important was to be entertaining. And I think that's the thing that's great about this film is it is entertaining. Yeah, and and with like a few decades distance on it, like if I saw this as a kid, I would definitely be like, okay, this is a you know, Raiders of Lost Star. It's more of a romancing the stone ripoff than you know, it's more of a second or third generation. I would have been like counting all the like movie and now when i see all those movies and in it it's you know kind not a breath of fresh air but it's like yes okay i see what this is a combination of and i enjoy it for that rather than being like picky about it like i would have been maybe at the time and uh i mean it's it's derivative sure but it's not i think that they take these elements and 
put them together in a in a way that's kind of fun and novel. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the in the land of Yik Yak, the same sort of thing. That was derivative of a bunch of literally. That was literally adapted from a comic book. This is original, and it just feels like a comic book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to go over some of the alternate titles. Uh, in France, it was known as Decapitron. Ooh. Which sounds like a movie that we should be doing at um. VHS box theater. Yes. Yes. VHS box Decapitron. In West Germany, it was known as Destroyers. Okay. In Portugal, it was Os Mercenarios da Aventura, or Mercenaries of Adventure. Okay, that's, so far, that's the most accurate, like, title. In Brazil, it was Mandroid, O Exterminador. Okay, that makes more sense, too. Android, the uh, the exterminator. I have no idea what this. This is Greece, Exolothrephis. I have no idea what that translates into. But why they why they landed on eliminators? I don't know. They do eliminate a few people. They they eliminated a decent amount of people in this. They so. eliminated a lot of boats. Yeah, yeah, boats do get eliminated in this, but it's you know I, I mean Mandroid. It's really goofy sounding, but it's dead accurate. And I mean, it would say like, I mean, it, it, it yeah, I, I just don't understand why they didn't go for the low hanging fruit on this one. And Mandroid does not sound like too goofy of a title for an empire fit for, you know, something Charles Band's got his fingerprints in. So it, it, it just it just seemed like a weird choice. It see it sounds like a grittier, more violent movie than it is. You know, it sounds like a, a cop, you know, cop gets, it It sounds more RoboCop, actually, yeah. <laughs> than anything else, you know, or or like a dark A-team or something like that. There's a little bit yeah. of A-team in this, too, yeah. Or there's a little bit of a setup for a potential A-team scenario after this. For the TV show that should have been that should have been, they could have they could have ported the 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 intro from the movie right over to the TV show. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's um, this was apparently Patrick Reynolds' biggest role. He's the guy who played the Mandroid, and by the way, he was the grandson of the R.J. Reynolds founder. Uh, oh jeez. So so uh, he, he's a he's a cigarette kid baby, but he's a Marlboro man. So, is Marlboro put out by R.J. Reynolds? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It could be. There's there's two major ones, and uh, I don't remember. Marlboro used to be my brand. I don't even remember. Right. Um. Crappy consumer I am. Yeah, if there's one thing I sort of regret, it's that Conan Lee didn't get to do more uh, fight choreography in this film. Yes, and and that was another thing that I was very, that 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 was missing that could have been in there was just a few scenes of him trailing them. You know, yeah. who's this trailing them? Somebody's trailing them. You know, somebody who's stealthy. You know, who's watching them one minute and then yeah. the, you see him watch. You see him from his point of view watching him, and then they turn around. And there's no one there. Oh. You know, who is this? 
who is this person, this invisible, you know, shadow in the night that's following right. us? And because and, and all of a sudden he's just there and they're just yeah. like, oh, wait, you're Asian. Are you related to? <laughs> no, no, he said he tells the mandroid. That's true. That, that, that he's looking for his father. And when he he's like, was your father uh, Takata? He's like, yes, I have some bad news for you. Um, he was my only friend. He was my only friend. <laughs> Just right. I mean, but but it's still it's right out of a comic. But a comic book would have had the last yeah. issue of the the episode before it would have been just like the shadow of Takata standing on a ridge. Look, who is this? And who is this? Well, I would like to see also more of Kuji's powers because when we first see Kuji, when we first see Conan Lee, he is summoning a fish into his hand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I was like, how do you learn to do that? And then holding it over the fire with his bare hands to yeah. cook it. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we are probably going to see Conan Lee again sometime because he was in Jim Cotta. Oh. So, um... As soon as I saw that fan in here, I'm like, oh, please, he can jump through that fan. Come on, yeah, you got a ninja yeah. with you. And and by gum, they did it. <laughs> but he, it I think there should have been a little bit more fight, fighty fight in this film. Yes. And um, Lee is credited as choreograph- is choreographing the fight scenes. And they weren't bad. They were. They, they, they no, were. They were. They, they they were coherent and well done, and the the stunt work was the stunt work was nicely planned out. I there was mm-hmm. one good scene with Denise Crosby's stunt person mm-hmm. running and then jumping and rolling down a hill, doing mm-hmm. a stunt roll down a hill as the camera tracked her, and then Denise Crosby popping up, you know, at the do- bottom of the hill, like ah, I'm all right, and it was just perfectly timed, and you know, it was just perfectly timed to make it look like she had done that that role and and come up dirt free it was great i'll tell you though i i think that she in this film she's the best look because she always looks in later films very severe to me yeah no she's like this is a like like as a debut this is a really good debut because she's just Mm -hmm. a natural her fit and She's got those blue eyes and yes. she's got the she's got the she's she it was sort she had sort of a Lin, Linda Hamilton thing going of being tough. Yeah. But like having that girl next door, girl next door who could punch you out sort of mm-hmm. sort of look to her without you know not being like but without looking tough. She looks she looks soft. I mean, it wasn't her debut. She was in uh, a number of films, but oh, like okay. in very small roles. Like, but, yeah, she was but, in the Trail of the Pink Panther. Um, she definitely has presence on the screen, and she's a she's a, a very natural actress. You know, she 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 comfortable acting and. Was you know was good it, it was good in a physical role you know yeah so, she would yeah I mean it, it, every ca- these characters are cliches 
but they're they're fleshed out just enough that they feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the same, I think part of it part of it is the fact that that we've got um, some good actors in, in the major roles. I think particularly uh, Roy Dotris has Abbott Reeves because Abbott Reeves really doesn't have a lot of screen time, so he has to. Make his presence known very quickly. Yeah, yeah, and and there's like, and and you could tell with that actor they had like three major shoots, you know, mm-hmm. shooting things for him. You they had, had one, like one day, one with him in the yeah. old old makeup, one in the like more tore up face makeup, and then in his mm-hmm. full gladiator suit. You know, so uh, yeah, like three three sessions, three different makeup things and uh he and he was he chewed the scenery just enough you know Mm -hmm. so it is i I don't think we have to see it's always like this when we have a film that we really really love and we're just like yeah that was great (laughs) yeah yeah i mean uh, it's 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 yeah, I it, um, the, I I have a bunch of there's just so much fun. Th- the The soundtrack is is very fun. It has a synthy sort of fake version of the Mars mm-hmm. suite in it, which is right. totally hilarious because they could totally just steal the Mars suite if they want to because it's it's public domain. So if they wanted to do a synth version of it, they could. But they they didn't. They did their own version of it. It just it just so, you know they they inverted the chords a little bit and and there's just little touches like like when the mandroid escapes we just totally ignore the whole part that the mandroid just traveled across borders and you know through you know through cities and across the country to get to Denise Crosby unnoticed in his disguise which is a big floppy hat yeah. When they when they first At show him, in his, yeah. When they first show him in his crouched down in his outfit, it for a second he almost looks like the profile of like the spirit, you know. Except yeah. he's got the red eyes and stuff in it. And I just thought it was hilarious that he just basically, like wherever you don't need him in the movie, he can just trap. Mandroid can just travel freely across the land without attracting attention. Right. <laughs> And then when they have to, and then when they bandage him up, when they band him, bandage him up for the beginning of the journey, yeah. that was just rich. It's like, yeah, that's going to last a whole 10 minutes. <laughs> that disguise. Um, but they deserve, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again. Bilson and DeMeo deserved a bigger career than they had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, granted, after the disaster of the Rocketeer, they created Viper, they created the Sentinel, which was a fairly successful um, uh, syndicated program. They uh, did they wrote a number of video games, so they weren't hurting for money. But they should, just thinking of the big budget movies we could have gotten with their minds. Yeah. Makes yeah, me yeah. sad. You know, I mean, we got we got one. We got the Rocketeer. Yeah, and and the and, Rocketeer and, is amazing. And you can tell from their writing 
that they write for a budget. This yeah. this movie was written to what can we do in this budget? What can we do to make it interesting and fun and and not look like garbage? You know, and yeah, right. and if if they get real money, you know, like the Rocketeer, which right. is an, an you know, and and has been you know, pretty much vindicated over time. There's not many people with bad things to say about the Rocketeer anymore because it's sort of had a second life yeah. in there. But, you know, I, I don't even see why, even though the Rocketeer didn't make a lot of money, I don't, did it, did it lose money? Either way. It, you have to understand. Uh, I think there was a number of reasons why it did not make money. It did not make money. It was. It wasn't like a, a super super bomb, but it definitely didn't make money enough that Disney felt because Disney was planning on a number of spinoffs. There was uh, talk of a Rocketeer comic strip for, for newspapers. There was a talk of a Rocketeer um, uh, animated TV show. Yeah, because the, the the comic was. The comic was super well received. The comic was kind of a hit yeah. for an indie comic, and uh, yeah, I mean the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is coming back as a TV show. Okay, cool, enough. cool. That's that's cool. Um, I just I just worry that it's. See, I think we got our Rocketeer, and we should be grateful for the one we have. We shouldn't try to make another one, you know? Because I because I think that Rocketeer is pretty damn close to perfection well i think they're gonna i think what they're doing is putting this as a later version of the rocketeer as somebody mm -hmm. picking up the mantle of that but i think they're oh. they're they're using the that he would you know they're use they're in universe that that was the rocketeer of the movie happened mm -hmm. this is set later. oh i hope i hope they get bill campbell to like cameo at least I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they plan on doing that, but th that that is definitely a possibility. I would uh, well, assume. I always get nervous when they talk. It's like with this uh, Cowboy Bebop live action series Netflix is doing. I am not happy because the thing is, is that some things are great because they are finite. One of the things that makes. Um, I think made Star Wars so ever present in the minds of kids out of our generation is that there were only three of them for a long time. So our minds could build this world around right. that story. Um, and now that we're getting something new every frickin' month, it seems. Uh, I think a lot of luster is off that rose. I think the same thing with, with Marvel. I think um, the TV series, while they're tr some of the TV series are trying to do some, some interesting things, uh, they keep reminding themselves, oh wait, this is a Marvel movie, so we have to have people, we have to have fighty fights. Right, right. It, it it can't be this forever. It's got yeah. to go back to familiar territory it has to go by back the end. To, yes. And and like like uh my favorite of the so far of the TV series has been WandaVision because it's a a show about 
mental illness and PTSD and dealing with grief. And then in the last episode, Jessica Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen are shooting bolts at each other. And I'm like, no, that, that has nothing to do with what, what we were watching for the previous Right, eight right, episodes. right. That's not how mental illness resolves. <laughs> yes, yes. You, I, trust me, as someone who suffers from mental illness, you do not resolve it with a fight above a town throwing bolts at Jessica Hahn. Right, right. Uh, 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 yeah, right. But, yeah. So they, yeah, it's a failure to commit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's I mean, that's that's a formula. I was I was actually just reading about the you know like like you know there's a lot of talk about oh social issues thrown in movies and stuff and they are, but that that like in Marvel Marvel movies hit lots of like sort of political ideas or or mm-hmm. social or or social inequality ideas and right. stuff. But they only hit them to a certain. They only hit them to the point of where they show them, you know. Yeah. But there's never any like kind of reaction or or solution or anything. Well, I would say because Black that's Panther, a safe thing to they, do they, they in a, in a pop it, movie, you yeah, know. I, so. I would say Black Panther, where they had um, at the end, T'Challa resolved to reach out to other people to to other countries. And become more of a of a world figure. I think that worked because uh, th- that imply. Of course, we're not going to get the follow up to that because sadly right. Chad Boseman died. And uh, instead of giving us a animated follow up or something, we got that stupid episode of What If, which was just isn't Chadwick Boseman great? Yes, he is. But that that second episode of What If was just nonsense. I'm sorry. I haven't I watched any of the what ifs okay. yet. I'm only gonna I'm gonna say a minor thing. T'Challa convinces Thanos because it, it, in the second episode, the what if is what if T'Challa became Star Lord? Okay. All right. So uh, Thanos is part of the Ravagers in the in this story because apparently T'Challa talked Thanos out of his plan. All right. Have you tried not being a, a, a genocidal madman? But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's probably my least favorite of the four episodes, and none of them are really great. But, anyway. Um, but here's a... See... I would like to see. I would love to see Eliminators as a TV series. I would love to see uh, Transfers as a TV series. Um, we just the the thing is, you have just enough uh, characterization without, and you have all this wild anything for a laugh kind of aesthetic. It's like, yep. can we have cavemen? Yeah, let's have cavemen. Yeah, and with a TV show, you could go even crazier yeah. with it, and you could do you could do stuff like at the end of Eliminators, since they sent you know the bad guy back in time, right, with his right. with his spaceship. That that oh wait, that technology is is now buried under the rocks underneath here, <laughs> and they yeah. could go down and dig up his time machine and his skeleton and and have a time machine yeah. too. I'm just surprised they didn't have him at by a dinosaur. 
particularly because at this time, Dave Allen, stop motion uh, artist, was working with Empire Pictures. So, yes, I, I was that was my one disappointment in the whole film. Is that Abbott Reeves head didn't get bit off by a T-Rex. Oh, the, 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 the shots of ancient Rome in there were oh, well, the were. most TV yeah. thing you've ever seen. The, the shots of the, the shots of the slow-mo yeah. extras in Roman gear, you know, with sparks <laughs> wearing flying their off armor their, and, over their t-shirts. Yes. And, and running away is right out of like a 1970s like wonder woman mm-hmm. tv show or something it was shot that way and stuff and it's funny because the rest of the movie isn't shot that way it's shot like a movie and yeah. so so you know you realize it had to be purposeful and it's it's just so wonderful that it's just it's just so so awesome and the 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 cartoonish way they use time travel is is perfect mm-hmm. you know no, well, they, don't, no. they don't go through any of the, the, the big the big rules. I think time travel these days, whenever somebody brings up time travel, they have to come with these big set of rules. Here's the rules in Eliminators. You can go back in time. You can, and If you go back in time, you can fuck up the timeline. That's the only thing we need to know. Yep. And it... Yeah, it, it and but that's something everybody already knows. They still have to state it. You still yeah. have to state it. You still have to state it. he can't go back in time. It's going to mess everything up. And oh, he hasn't landed yet. <laughs> okay, and, I think I know what if I, if I was writing Eliminators two, I know what would happen. Abbott Reeves would come back with dinosaur soldiers. Ooh. So the Eliminators would have to fight Abbott Reeve and his army of dino- of cyborg dinosaurs. Cyber raptors. Cyber raptors, yes. It's a big TV budget, but I wonder if Full Moon would be willing to give give us the rights for this. Eliminators the audio drama. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, it's now um, in, it's now uh, owned by Full Moon. But I would do it. I would. Could it, you imagine Lech has been one who talks Full Moon into entering the world of audio drama? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our own Lech Zorn as the Mandroid. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Chris Tyler, Chris Tyler is Fontana. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, anyway. Oh my God, there'd be stiff competition for the Denise Crosby role. But, it, there's always stiff. Com- yeah. That that sounds dirty, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's always stiff competition whenever we have a female lead. And that was that, and the 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 the, the sole nudity in the movie, semi nudity, <laughs> wet T-shirt. Wet t-shirt, yes. So hilarious. Because okay, PG movies like this always have one wet t-shirt move moment where you ca- catch a little little glimpses and stuff, and as a teenage boy you go, Oh, oh I love HBO, I love you, HBO. And because you're 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 teenage and you're you're examining the screen or you're you're just human. 
and right. and but this movie <laughs> has to has to and it does have to it has to acknowledge it she has to come out and like change into a black shirt and right. go, okay you pervs black <laughs> shirt but one last perv moment where you where you see the my back and some side boob and then a Bye. black yep. shirt you you sick fucks yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> now back to the action <clears throat> but the yeah the, but at, at, at any point at any point where you're like what is this movie doing the movie turns to you and looks at you and goes like i i know what i'm doing <laughs> and it Trust does i have a plan don't worry i have right. a plan <laughs> so i think it's needless to say we recommend people check out eliminators from 1986 highly recommend it i was and i would definitely go as far as to also recommend the other bilson DeMeo empire pictures and maybe if you're good i'll give you one of the others yeah, I, I, I like fun. I would love to talk Trancers. Trancers is one of my, it is a great movie. And it's a Christmas movie. Ooh. So maybe we should do that for Christmas. Maybe. Um, but, but we have, we have a, I think we have a guest schedule for December, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, that's this week. That's this month. And, uh, it was lots of, it, it wasn't a horror film. I know it's, this is October. It wasn't a horror film. But it's it's got weird shit in it, so it might be just as good. It's got some horror in it, but it's got a little bit of everything in it. Yeah, yeah. So, Comedy, romance, drama, little pet robots, Neanderthals, time travel, <laughs> um, um, a mandroid, a mandroid half track. Yes. Um, boats, <laughs> boats oh, chasing each other. Like Red rednecks, um, rednecks in Aztec gold area. People with weird, like half Louisiana, half Australian accents. Big fat guys. Big fat nimble guys. And of course. A uh, ninja that fishes telekinetically. Apparently. Oh, that's right. We got a ninja too. Yes, yep. we got a ninja. It's like yes, we do Roman soldiers. <laughs> can, can you think of anything else they could add to the Eliminators team? There, that there was would make no, it better. There was no alien or supernatural element to it beyond the the rever- b- beyond pulling fish out of a stream yeah. <laughs> through psychokinesis well you, you know there's got to be like a rival ninja clan that yeah, that's out yeah. to get kuji so i'm telling you this this writes itself everything every every Charles element of it is plus. yeah 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 it's 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 purposely left with dangling just a thousand dangling strings to pull on. So, so yes, so 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 go and watch. Uh, uh, go and watch Eliminators, and while you're at it, try to watch Transfers and Arena, and Zone Troopers, which are the other Bilson DeMeo uh, Empire pictures, because they're really fun. And I keep expecting you to say Bilson DeMeo joint. It's a Bilson no, no. DeMeo joint. Well, technically, this is a uh, uh, Peter 
Manugian joint, but mm-hmm. uh, let's face it, 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 it's it's all Paul and Danny's work. It that makes this film fun. Brainchild. I, I think I think after all this fun, you need to be brought down a peg. And now, go! Our website at two true freaks.com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com. Two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Yeah, it rings it. Wait a minute. Uh, um, I got it in the tip of my tongue. Come on. Um, oh, golly, I'm nervous. Let me see. Oh, Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Henry Dumbass.